So today's which word of the day is puppet. Noun. <laughs> puppet. Uh, <laughs> uh, puppet is a ritual doll and one of the staples of sympathetic magic. They have been used to represent someone for whom the magic or intent is being directed. You know, like voodoo dolls are similar. Um, this can include a loved one, an enemy, or even yourself. These, <laughs> I know, gasp. <laughs> These intentions cover a wide range of beneficial purposes. Yes, they can be used for harm and hexing and all that bad mojo, but also for healing, love, luck, prosperity, or necessary protections of binding, banishing, and neutralizing. You know, like, I bound you, Nancy, from doing harm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love the reference. Yeah. Um, ancient Egyptians believed all statues and, and images contained part of the spirit, be it a god or a servant. So that kind of is interesting, considering some of the media we've seen and practices we've seen. So, oh, ta-da. Yeah, so did ta-da. the show ever use that past the first episode? Was that the only time that, that, that we saw a puppet used? They made them in um, All Hell Was Eve, those the, um, oh yes corn husk ones yes. mm-hmm. yeah but I think that's about it they haven't used them very often you haven't even read that wait what are you doing with the book so he has the confidence to finish the story hear now the words of the witches this is Kevin and welcome to words of the witches the charmed podcast that will guide you through the lesser known published material in the charm universe and decide how it fits into the grand narrative of the TV series so yes, welcome to Words of the Witches, episode ninety-two. I'm Kevin, your resident charmed resource. I'm Sean, and I just love comic books. Yeah, and we are joined again by Bobby Iceman, Bobby Calloway. Hello, <laughs> hello. It is an honor to be back with. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There, there is no words that can be formed into a compliment to describe how great you two are. Oh, thank Aww. you. And I love your content like crazy, too. You, What have you been up to recently on your YouTube channel? Oh, cheers, yeah. I mean, because I, I think the last time I was on here, I'd only just started doing, um, like, dissections on just why this Charmed episode is great and all this stuff. So, And now that's kind of pretty much all I do. But I have actually, ironically, today, I was working on a video for another show called Once Upon a Time, yeah, and it's somewhat related because um, the character Zelina is she's the that show's version of the Wicked Witch of the West, and she's the daughter of the the timeline is really wonky. Uh, she's the daughter of um, the evil queen from Snow White's mother, and the mother's younger self is played by Rose McGowan. And I got the significance of the fact that. This character, who's born to Rose McGowan, is a is a witch with naturally powerful magic, and she has to be given up at birth, and doesn't find out she has a half sister until later. <laughs> ah, I see what they did there. It's too funny. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. My next video, I will be daring to tackle a season eight episode because, uh, like, at the the torches and pitchforks out. That's a season I actually really like, so I'm brave <gasps> enough to start no. talking about it. I like it too. I like it better than season six. Yeah, me too. So yeah, get get the hit comments ready. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we did get poll results. I'll tell you what it is. It <laughs> so the poll is uh, who is your favorite hidden villain? <laughs> 
Yay, you remember. <laughs> Undercover evil. There you go. I was close. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Hidden villain is it's got some flair to it, you know. I remember <laughs> my vote. What was your vote? Uh, my vote was Abby because I just thought it was so cool how it's like she was in a couple of episodes before she was revealed as the villain. So mm-hmm. just kind of seemed seemed like, you know, a random day player and then I was like, Oh, that was really well done there. Yeah. I'm just a nerdy bartender. Don't mm-hmm. get me. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of, given, and given the level of uh, you know madness some of the zealous Prue fans can reach, he's kind of like true to real life in some parts. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> Sorry, that will not be a controversial statement at all. No, I've had my stalkers in my day. <laughs> hey, virtual high five. You still do. <laughs> yeah, I know. Not naming names. Sean, do you remember what you picked? I was really torn because I freaking loved Amara. She was amazing, but I picked the Stillman sisters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I picked Abby as well. Uh, the options were Darla, Succubus, Abby, the Stillman sisters, and Amara. Um, let's see what our results were. It's so <laughs> fascinating. This is Instagram first. The one with the least votes was the Succubus, 20 votes, 10%. Then it was Amara, 35 oh. votes, 16%. And this is where it gets really close. In the beginning, Abby was winning. It was She's at 73 votes, 35%. But on Instagram, the Stillman Sisters won at 82 votes, 39%. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the popular choice for once. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> And I was, uh, my mind was kind of blown because I'm a Power Rangers fan as well. And um, I can't remember, it was Mitzi. Melody Perkins. Yeah, Yeah. Melody Perkins, yeah. Mm -hmm. She played, was it Margot or Mitzi she played? I keep getting those two. Margot. Yeah, and she was um, Astronomer, the villain in the In Space season. And then she got to be a Pink Pink Ranger in Lost Galaxy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're talking to the right people here. <laughs> I forgot because I saw that before I saw it in space. So I didn't know her yet. I need to go back and watch that episode again. In mm-hmm. fairness, she's like made up with all these like mad wigs and everything. So yeah, <laughs> her purple hair and her like little beady things out. Yeah, that was the best part about her. <laughs> yeah, she's responsible for creating the best villains in the whole franchise. Yes, mm-hmm. and I've I've gone to quite a few Power Ranger conventions myself, and I've met her. Um, yeah, very fun. She actually did some photo ops in her astronomer outfit. Uh, so it's it's pretty amazing. <laughs> so when's she coming on the pod? Right? I should ask her. I should. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be, um, yeah. be like, hey, we're, to, we're doing a musical, so we need a little melody. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the Twitter results are very similar. Darla was the least, Amara the second. But... Abby and the Stillman sisters were tied at 40%. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's really cool how close they were, though, for both of these. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize how popular the Stillmans were until recently. Yeah, people love them. Mm-hmm. And they're fun. I mean, I get it. All right. Well, silence. That's all I got for this part. <laughs> Let's do this comic book. <laughs> this is season 10, issue 17 effigy (laughs) this was published march 2nd 
2016, written oh. by Pat Shand, artwork by Lisa Feliz, colors by Valentina Cuomo, letters by Christy Sawyer, edited by Pat Shand, and cover by David Seidman. And the cover has a Prue, no longer Patience, Patience is no longer to be found, but it's her body, um, kind of holding a doll of Piper. It's a little smirky smirk. <laughs> Bobby hasn't even read this issue yet. Oh, it's gonna you be haven't all... even read that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charge Noir quote. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I feel I feel like such a peasant. I miss that. <laughs> I use it in the opening of this show, so I use that quote in our opening, so it's just always around. But since you haven't read this yet, what do you make of this cover? Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Like. The the artwork of Piper actually looks like an actress I know. <laughs> so um, it's hard to unsee that. Oh, it kind of reminds me a bit of Size Matters as well. I don't know. I have a hard time accepting that this is a Piper at all. I don't know. It doesn't look like Piper to me, but I like the um, style <laughs> and I like the implications it has on the story. More on that later. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. And I mean, I see it. I could tell it's Pepper right away, but it does look off. You know, mm-hmm. something doesn't, isn't quite right. So we're going to get into this issue. I'm going to read the little blurb beforehand. Prue has removed Haramis's control over Tyler, but in the process has somehow become the new host for the old one's spirit. Or so it seems. Meanwhile, the Charmed Ones remain unaware of their dilemma, believing that Prue has finally been freed of the harmful power of the Nexus of the Awe. Oh, has the Nexus come back for this storyline? Yes, because you haven't read anything since, like, issue five of season season nine, so lots have happened. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the Nexus, since it's introduced, it doesn't go away. It's a huge part of everything. At the end of season nine, Prue absorbed the Grimoire and the Imperial Sword, a force of good, like, artifact of good, artifact of evil, and she became like guardian of the nexus of the all guardian of all, all magic. Mm. Um, yeah. This season she actually learned that she was not the guardian. She actually was the nexus. <laughs> ah, so she's what TV tropes calls an apocalypse maiden. Yeah. Super powerful linked to every magic on earth, you know, that kind of thing. That is a trope I very much love. So let's get into it. <laughs> so page one, we're at the manor and Paige is holding Henry jr. While she is instructing her charges, Tyler, Kareem, and Adel, uh, <laughs> how to make uh, <laughs> some clay effigies. And she's like, let your hands move on their own. Feel the coolness of the clay on your skin. It sounds very sexy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> how even the soft touch leaves the lines of your hands etched in the surface. Ooh, imprint on it. <laughs> But yeah, (laughs) but that's the key part here. She says, a magical effigy is a representation of your inner spirit, the true source of your power. Um, So yeah, so they're all making their own. It's very much like an art class. It's kind of cute. And then she says, also, effigies are pretty great for meditation. Good work, you guys. (laughs) Adol makes fun of Tyler. She's like, dude, man, bro. (laughs) Yours looks like it's in pain. It's ugly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Tyler's like, what? 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 No, it's it's graceful. Delicate. <laughs> Ballerina. <laughs> okay, Debbie. He's like, looks good to me, honey. <laughs> and then they leave, like, lessons over. 
So it's like, looks like my ride's here. We hear honk, honk, and they go to get the ride, and they say, say bye. While we have like this, like zoom in on the creepy looking effigy. Oh, I thought that was meant to be like an actual like monster that had ported uh, <laughs> in, just standing in front of the. Yeah, they're just on the table. So, yeah. <laughs> so someone's narrating now. Um, it says the first time I saw Paige, I felt as if my heart turned to solid rock and sank down into the pit of my stomach. I felt sick. Okay, and this is Paige's house. Is she going into the basement now? Yeah. Oh, you know what? It's probably the first floor of the house, and that stairs leaves. It's very similar to the manor stairs, but it's her house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, these are her. Okay. Um, yeah. So Paige's daughters are saying they'll. Oh, they're being very nice. They'll say we'll take him, mommy. Aunt Phoebe's coming to get us. Paige is suspicious. Like, what's going on? She didn't say anything at the manor, and you two, you look mischievous. What's up? And. Uh, the other one says, go in the kitchen. It's okay. We've got him. Paige goes to the kitchen. The narration says, she stood with my sisters in their home as if she had been there from the start. Oh, that must be Prue narrating, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Paige walks in, sees like a bunch of flower petals scattered on the floor. It's like, okay, girls, did you? She finds, that's Henry there, I assume. Mm -hmm. Henry's there. They're holding a rose. He says, hey there, I know we have a lot to talk about, but Paige, I'm tired of talking. You can tell me to get out if you want, but until you do, I'm here. Paige is crying tears of what appear to be joy. And then someone else, then um, I believe that's Prue staring at the house saying, everything I'd lost, everything I could never again be was in the hands of a stranger. I wanted to take it all from her right there. Of course, I'd never let myself admit that then, but now I am free. (laughs) So, for me, (laughs) Prue's feelings here represent what a lot of us fans went through when Paige was introduced, I think, you know, because we were mourning and we were wary of someone new, at least I was. So, of course, I think Prue would have some of those feelings, too, herself. All right, so now we see... It looks like Phoebe's taking the kids into the manor because we're back at the manor. But Prue's <laughs> there watching and Prue's thinking the power of three was never meant to be a two time trick. When I died, it was supposed to die with me. How could you let everything I am, everything I would have been pass on to some bitch? You gave up <laughs> on me so easily, so easily. You didn't even mourn me, did you? And then she wa- she phases into the manor and she looks at the uh, Tyler's um, little clay statue and goes, huh. And then it says, I wish you could know what it felt like when I was lost. It's different than you'd think. After all, we've learned about magic, about the planes of existence. You'd think a witch as powerful as I am would know what to expect after death. It's not the same for anybody. It's not the same for anybody. It's not the same for anybody. That just sounds weird to me. (laughs) Uh, For me, I was a shadow trapped in a dark room. If for a single moment I stopped pushing at the walls, I would have fallen into the darkness. I would have lost myself forever. Maybe I should have let myself go. Maybe I should have passed on. Maybe I should have become a pitiful ghost like Mom and Grams, popping up with a smile whenever you need help. And then two of the kids run over and go, Aunt Prue, Aunt Phoebe is sick. And we hear Aunt Phoebe going, Ah! (laughs) 
And then uh, Prue walks into the bathroom and says, are you okay? And Phoebe says, my morning sickness can't tell time. Oh, I can and so then... picture Alyssa saying that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Prue continues to think that would have been comforting, wouldn't it? Little sisters. Prue's gone, but not really. At least we can see her when it's convenient for us. That's what you really wanted. And then... Um, <laughs> This is kind of funny to me because it jumps so quick. Like, I didn't quite catch on because Phoebe says it's from Coop. And I thought she was talking about the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Coop gave me the baby. (laughs) But it's because there's a letter sitting next to Phoebe in the bathroom. And she hands it to Prue and says, it's from Coop. And then Prue says, well, they let him write. And then Phoebe says, this is the first time a, rene- a, a renegade cherub delivered it. Prue says, may I? And Phoebe says, of course. You may. You may. <laughs> and you can definitely see Shannon in a, the two middle panels there. Like, you can really see her there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is cool. And they, they do try to sneak her, her vibe in and a little bit of her look in when they can. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that. But... Prue criticizes how convenient it would be to see her as a ghost. And a lot of fans, like me, wanted to see her again. We wanted that comfort of seeing her. And she's going on, it's like, no, that's you, like that's just what you want, isn't it? So I love how she's kind of being very meta about this. But I understand that feeling. It makes sense. When you grieve, you, you long for what you lost. Um, but the fact that Prue never did show up, I think, made her death more meaningful because it was... Yeah more real world we really did lose her and it you know it hurts a lot it sucks but people in the real world we don't get that to catch up with the ones we lost whenever we feel like it so it's it's much more impressionable and nice and uh. yeah that's one thing that um because i big i did my big series rewatch last year and that was one thing that really struck me about season four is just kind of how accurately it portrayed the grieving process yeah you know um and you know i've been going through it you know it's hard mm-hmm. um and i like this too because it makes sense that prue would fight death she did it enough when she was alive <laughs> so i can absolutely imagine that it was torture for her it makes sense that it was painful and and frustrating um so even though it's not necessarily right i understand where prue is coming from here too mm-hmm. and even in it's in the show where it's like in charmed again when she summons tries to summon her and it's penny she says your mother and her are trying to help her through this yeah mm-hmm. yeah <sighs> sorry now i'm picturing a, a thing of like prue trying to break out of the afterlife and then having to like contain her like a wild animal i mean probably <laughs> that's how it was well, yeah because from what we've learned afterwards i like that graham says that like prue wasn't ready to come see them and obviously she wasn't because she did break out of the afterlife and like inhabit uh, patient's body so yeah and she even said that she reunited with with andy even and she's like he was having a, he didn't understand he didn't get in and i didn't want to hurt him anymore so i needed to go you know it was a whole thing mm-hmm. oh so now we're back at cupid's temple coop is having his little trial here <laughs> this is the, the letter he wrote so it's kind of like we're seeing where he is and the letter he wrote to Phoebe merging. It says, Dear Phoebe, this is not a Bay Mirror letter. <laughs> I, 
I only have, <laughs> I only have a moment to write this, but I miss you so much. I miss our family. I promise we will be back together soon. Today I was granted an appeal with the court of love. I think I have a shot at reversing the sentence, and we see our sexy giant angel man staring at him, and, <laughs> and he says, "Judge, believe me, I don't want to cause trouble for our kind. But what if I made things better?" It might not be the way to get involved in the war between good and evil, but why not? Phoebe and I have saved lives, and the people we saved have families, loved ones, loved. <laughs> that is what we should be doing with our power. And he just walks away. He has he's restrained, and the little cherubs are walking him away. He's like, "I'll write again soon. Until then, know that I am doing everything I can to come back to you. Every moment you are in my heart, yours eternally, Coop." And then Prue's like, wow, he sure is lovey-dovey. <laughs> and he was like, I know, right? <laughs> and then Prue's like, oh, yeah, last night I heard Pepper mention that they're only holding Coop there to keep him safe from the old ones. I was eavesdropping. <laughs> <laughs> and then Phoebe's like, yep, that's the running theory. Piper went to the temple to, and told them that you killed Hermes, so they should let him come back down to us because, yeah, it's over. But you know what? They still think that a war is coming, and so they're still keeping him there. Ugh. And then Prue's like, well, I'd like to meet this new tribunal. No. <laughs> yes. It's like, if they want to make my sister's weapons, they have to go through me first. <laughs> and she's like, and Prue's like, yeah, they totally want to see the nexus of the all because you're cool and super powerful. We should get a meeting going. Wouldn't that be amazing? And Prue's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So this is Benjamin, okay, and he's... Oh, is this the same diner from Just Harried? Oh, no, no, looks, not Just Harried, The Good, The Bad, and The Cursed. It looks like it. Yeah. Look, look, Cole, before the girls get back. Uh... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. He says, okay, so here it is. Before I'm going to lay it right... Gonna lay it out right for you. I don't love Phoebe. I don't know the woman. Just bear with me a second, okay? Imagine the last thing you remember is your baby boy in your arms. You're running for your life. No idea where you just go. Then faster than your heartbeat, the love of your life is right there in front of you. Problem is, she is what you're running away from. She's trouble, you see. And you've been telling yourself everything's okay. Everything's going to work out. It doesn't work out. She kills me, like I always knew she would. But Turnerman... We're prisoners to ourselves. We follow our blood. Always have. Never once has that ended up good. But anyway, you die. There's nothing waiting for you, but nothing. There's no rest. No amazing grace or whatever, you know. It's over in a flash, like a dream. And as quick as you can blink your eyes, you're back. You're in some other guy's body, and he's in love with a woman named Phoebe. And then... Wham, in a flash, I'm in my son's body, and damned if he isn't in love with Phoebe. It's a joke. It's a damn joke. I know you've done good by me. Don't know why, but you did. So I wanted to let you know, when I ask you for coffee, it ain't me settling. My boy's memories are in here, and yeah, he burns for that woman like only a Turner can do, but I'm not Cole. I'm still sort of figuring out where I begin, and he ends, though, you know? I'm trying here. The woman says, oh boy. That's I Kira. Always... Kira the oh, Seer. The seer? Oh, Charisma my God. Carpenter. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, the old boy has better ring to it now. <laughs> I always fall for the ones with baggage. Thankfully for you, I'm incredibly patient, understanding, and forgiving. <laughs> yeah? Oh, please, lose that note of hope in your voice. I'm not the puppy dog type. I'm just giving you a fresh, fresh start. And is this... Oh, this is Prude narrating again. When I was the nexus of the all, I could have brought Ben Turner back in his own body. I wonder if my sisters know that. If they wondered why I put a why I put a mourning father in his dead son's carcass. I wonder if I knew if I knew why I did it. Then perhaps I listened to the whispers of the grimoire from within, or perhaps my soul was even then screaming to become what I am now, screaming for freedom. So I love that this puts to rest because uh, Bobby hasn't heard the episodes where we do the Ben uh, lines. Yeah. Right. But we read him very like twenties, like very noir gangster, and like okay. that came out when you were reading him. So it is something <laughs> with the lines that brings that out of people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so maybe maybe Ben Turner was uh, at the. No, he w- wouldn't have been. He, he died uh, in like eighteen ninety eight, so okay, eighteen so eighteen hundreds. Yeah. He wouldn't have been at the speakeasy then. <laughs> no, but no. he's got the vibes. He smokes, you know. So a new character. Have we seen this person in the comics yet? Yeah, we have a little bit. Not in season ten, anyway. Okay, he was he was okay. in season nine a little bit, but not in season ten. So Piper is with Daddy Hollowell in his little apartment. It's a nice apartment too. Oh, Victor! Yeah, he's 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 doing it. He's making it yeah. work. <laughs> so Piper says, after everything that happened, it's hard to believe that Prue is finally here. You know. It just feels like a dream, a happy, happy dream that I have no intention of ever waking from. And Victor says, it's still hard for me to accept that she's back at all. People like me don't often get second chances to make things right. Lord knows I've disappointed that girl more times than I care to admit. And then she says, listen, Daddy, why don't we all have dinner with Prue soon? That will give you two the chance to make up for lost time, Daddy. And he says, I like that. It's just weird. Like, I, I don't picture Piper calling Victor daddy. That's in my canonical notes, so I'm glad you noticed it, too. It's so <laughs> weird for her to say that. The only time she ever uses the word daddy is when she's referring to Leo or her children. Never to her own father. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't okay, even think okay. Phoebe ever called him that. Phoebe did. Phoebe has. Prue did once. Yeah. And we asked him for ice cream. Yeah. But that's because she was... um. About to scared die. under duress She's like, daddy um but phoebe did it in thank you for not morphine episode three she did that like, quite a bit um but of all of them phoebe's the only one that i could even consider using that casually you know yeah i suppose maybe they do you know say sell that piper kind of becomes very sweet and kind of grandmotherly in her later life so this is maybe, maybe. a step towards maybe. that that's a good yeah. point yeah it starts with the daddy it ends with the cookies Uh, victor continues saying imagine she's pretty upset with me for not visiting well but then we see prue is serious blacking she is (laughs) she is in the the fireplace like spying on them she is spying on every single person like oh my god (laughs) yeah And then Piper says, that's all in the past. Everything's okay now, daddy. And then he says, I think I'll call Prue tonight. Try to set something up. And she says, that sounds good. I love you, daddy. And he says, love you too. I'll see you soon. 
And as they're leaving, um, Prue's looking at Victor's butt from the fireplace. <laughs> and then we hear, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's like spying at him. But then the next page has Victor opening the door and Prue is outside. So <laughs> she's watching him walk to answer the door to, for her. Um, but this is a really sweet panel. She All she does is like hug him right away. Oh, my heart. I love it. And he's like, Prue, this is amazing. Piper was just over, and we were talking about organizing a big family dinner. What amazing timing. <laughs> and she's like, I know this is unexpected. I can come back another time if you're too busy. And he's like, nonsense. I'll put on some tea. And then he gets the pot. He's like, here we are. It's peach flavored. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I find that funny. It's bolded. Peach. Peach. <laughs> peaches, 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 peaches. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, then Prue's like, excellent. Um, and then we see on the bottom, Piper is walking to her car. She's like, phone, 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 mine. Darn. <laughs> so, she goes so she goes back. She's like, I forgot my phones. Oh, I'm so stupid. So she runs back to the house. And when did she get? When did she get a red car? Look at that red car. That's not her car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the next panel is Prue and Victor having. Oh, they're having the peach tea. <laughs> peach. <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Oh, so what brings you to see your old man?" She's like, "Do I need a reason?" He's like, "Of course not. Just a pleasant surprise." Prue says that she's been thinking a lot about him, and he says the feeling is mutual. Piper told him what happened, and he says, I don't understand it with the whole Nexus business, but I'm just for thrilled you're okay. And uh, he says, I I know not being able to see you is driving Piper crazy, but now that's all over. And she's asking about him, and he's like, did it drive you crazy not being able to see me? It's like, of course, honey. It's like, she says, because it wouldn't have hurt you. Maybe your limited understanding of the way magic works made that confusing but being around me wouldn't have had the effect on you that it did on Piper. Was it that you were scared that visiting me would give you an aneurysm? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, she looks angry now. It's like, <laughs> and he's like, honestly, it was all over my head. I couldn't, I didn't really know. And there was no way for the me to get out to the middle of the desert without Paige. And she, she's like, no, right. Of course I understand. And her face <laughs> says otherwise. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. All right. And then speaking of her face, it does not look happy in this next page. She says, you don't have to explain yourself to me, daddy. It's okay. I know I was never important to you. And then Victor stands up and starts yelling back. Prue, come on. You know that's not true. And she says, I've atoned for abandoning you, Prue. Don't you remember? And then I left again and atoned for that. And now just you wait. I have plans to atone again for not giving a damn that my firstborn is back from the dead. And then Victor's like, that's that's not true at all. And she says, no, bitch. And she like storms and uses wind power to shatter all the glass. <laughs> and then you can tell like something's going on because, yeah, not only are her eyes green, but the font has changed. Mm-hmm. This is that Harry voice. You better change your voice. Make it low. Okay. 
Don't you tell me what's true. You don't know anything. You think it matters that you left me alone? It doesn't. It couldn't matter less. I am older than time itself. I am beyond anything you have ever known. And Victor, he's like so non-phased by this. He's like, Prue, please. I won't <laughs> pretend to understand what you're going through, but... You're scared, aren't you? That's pitiful, Victor. Frightened of your own daughter. That's not love! (laughs) (laughs) Then it continues, and she slams Victor to the wall, and he's like, Prue! And she's like, I'm going to give you the chance to explain yourself to me. You deserve that, at least. After all, you brought me into this world. And he's like, ah! can't breathe. It's like, stop wasting my time! Don't you think I've spent enough of my life waiting for you? Which is weird because he's like, she's like, talk! But he can't breathe. He can't, you're choking him, so how can you talk? But whatever. She's like, talk to me! He's like, huh? That's the sound Phoebe made when she's throwing up. Yeah, see? Okay, and, oh, yes. So she continues this onto the next page, but oh, hold on, let me do she says, oh, I wasn't expecting you, because Piper, who'd forgotten her phone, is back now. And she's like, what the hell is this? Which is definitely something <laughs> Piper would say. Mm-hmm. And she's like, <clears throat> Prue's like, I, oh, it's gone back to the normal font now. So she says, I tried having a heart-to-heart with him, but he can't even look at me like a normal person. Do you know how that makes me feel? Oh, sorry. Emphasis on feel. It's like, Prue, put him down. This isn't you. Like, why are you just standing there? Help him out. Oh, Prue is mad that she's not getting more violent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, okay. Victor says, gah, being th- saved. And Piper's like, come on, we have to get out of here. Something is wrong. That's not Prue. Like, we need to get out. And she insists that everything is going to be okay. Continue on. Piper finishes. Everything is going to be just fine. But we see Prue's already moved on. Prue is already at, uh, is this Paige's Paige? house? Yeah. Yeah. And then she thinks to herself, that was sloppy. I shouldn't have let Piper see that. And then there's a phone on the table after the romantic dinner that Henry and Paige had. Of course, now that you're full of food, what you do next with this romantic <laughs> dinner? You go get full of semen, Paige. <laughs> But I, uh, phone rings. I just need to I need to lie down and be by myself for a while. I cannot understand people who just go straight to that. <laughs> True. Well, maybe they did that already. Oh, OK. Yeah. We, it, we don't know how much time has passed. Yeah. True. They did the Thunderbolt <laughs> yoga pose to help the food digest. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's downward dog or downward doggy in this case. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um. We see Prue pick up the phone that's ringing, and she crunches it. She smashes. And if, if you look too, it says Piper calling on it too. If you look at the little phone, oh, it is okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then she thinks, I suppose it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. I know everything they know about the coming dawn. <laughs> I've left them. I've let them hold me back for too long. The entirety of magic is at my fingertips, and I use it searching for a way to limit myself. For them! It's like waking up from a dream. I can see them for what they are. Puppets caught up in each other's strings, tied together for no reason other than they can't bear to be alone. And then 
she thinks how very very fragile as the kids are like oh it's aunt prue they're just so like <laughs> naive to what this bitch is right. doing she's like being crazy she is being crazy and she's like yeah and now she's criticizing the power of three itself she's like the power of three is weak <laughs> yeah. at least i interpret it this way you could tell me if i'm wrong but this screen where she's like destroying the phone and it says scrack it seems like she's shifting from pages to the manor and that's why the walls are like half colored that way it's definitely what happened because she goes to Paige's phone at her house then she comes to the manor and does the same to phoebe's phone so she stops. She doesn't want Piper to contact them about what they just saw. Oh, just saw. that's Phoebe's phone. Okay. Or at least it's the maybe it's not maybe it's not Phoebe's phone, but it's the answering machine at the manor in the kitchen. That's what gotcha. it is. Sorry. This is going to be our power play moment as well. Power play. So today's power is super strength. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, and this is what she does when she crunches the phone. She's like, super strength. Um, and it is the power to have and exert a level of physical strength much greater than that of a normal person. Beings with this ability are stronger, tougher, and more physically durable than normal humans. Users can raise thousands of pounds to tens of thousands of pounds being able to carry out any offensive action with the force of a massive vehicle. Users can lift cars, trucks, buses, moderate to large-sized rocks, or boulders, <laughs> tall trees, and are often beyond the physical limits of humans at their maximum. The user can perform extremely powerful attacks and cause a lot of collateral damage, such as destroying large bridges, buildings, heavy vehicles, large trees, and even take down giant creatures that usually require military-grade weapons. So that's not cool. Uh, yeah, I'm trying um, to think of creatures that actually had that power in the series. All I can think of is Daryl under that spell in Little Monsters. Yeah, he had super strength slash invincibility. And he crushed the phone. <laughs> <laughs> he did crush the phone. How fun is that? <laughs> <laughs> Prue kind of had a bit of it when she when she kind of channeled all the empathy power. Yeah, because you can you can use like telekinesis and you can use empathy to um, enhance your strength too and use some of that to boost... You know, even when she was like Manny Hanks and she was like putting the telekinesis behind her punches, you know? So, yeah. But balance, gravity, and mass still affect the user. So even though they're super strength, they can still, they still have the laws of nature to deal with. Um, and strength may not necessarily mean durability because, mm -hmm. say, you lift a car over your head and then you're like, oh, it's too heavy and my bones snap because <laughs> I'm brittle or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I would love to see something so, actually portray that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Super strength. So yeah, last page ends with Aunt Prue. And then she's just standing there in the manor. She's like, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> and Phoebe's like, oh yeah, thank God you're here. And she's like, yeah, I'm happy to see you too, Phoebe. Uh, and she's like, can you watch the kids? I need to lie down. I've got that morning sickness again. Ooh. <laughs> and she's like, of course, honey. Take care of my new niece, okay? Very sweet. And then Phoebe walks up the stairs and Prue stares at her and then she's like <laughs> And then PJ, her firstborn daughter, she's like, Mommy? And then Prue says, Your mommy is taking a nap, which means I have you all to myself. How about a story, children? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. 
Oh, oh my. Okay, so um, page starts with uh, Prue um, being surrounded by the children. And, uh, <laughs> and she says, This is the oldest story from a time before stories were told, before witches, before magic as you know it. The world was ruled by something greater than you can imagine. The old ones. Maybe you've heard your mummies and daddies talking about them in hushed tones. They're frightened. And they don't want you to be scared, but your aunt Prue knows better. Fear is honesty. And, um, oh, that's Chris, is it? Saying my mum isn't yep. scared of anything. Mm-hmm. She says, ha, she's scared for you, and she should be. The old ones are gods, ancient demons. At least demon is the word everyone's been using, but you wouldn't call a dragon a newt, would you? <laughs> Words don't fit the old ones. Chris is asking, where are they? She says, they're in our hearts for now. Soon they'll hatch. And there's a shh and um, a broken glass of water. Okay, Phoebe coming downstairs looking very annoyed. Looking like my mother whenever I was allowed to watch violent horror movies. (laughs) (laughs) And then we see it's Phoebe and she's confronting Prue. She's like, Prue, what the fuck? That is beyond (laughs) inappropriate. What what's wrong with you? And Prue's like, why is that always the question? Why does something always have to be wrong with me? Maybe something was wrong with you from the start. <laughs> and then Phoebe says, Wyatt, Chris, take everyone upstairs. And then Prue says, why? I've gone on long enough without being allowed to see them. They were liking my story, weren't you? Prue, what's going on with you? What the hell was that about? And then Prue says, they should be ready. The new is falling to the old, and everyone's acting like the sun's going to keep rising every morning. It's tragic, and it's not right. The magic is blackening at the roots. It's about time you open your eyes as she reaches for the ancient athame, which she had. Yeah, they get back to her right after, you know, Cole died from it. Like, here, yeah. keep safekeeping. That makes sense. So... Yeah, and then Phoebe, she's like, "How could you bring that into this house after what happened?" Ugh! And she's like, "You brought this to me, Phoebe. Don't you remember? I just want to give it back." <laughs> and she's like, "This isn't you. I'm going to find out what you are." This is to me. This scene reminds me of is Dream there Wiggy in the house? Oh, and Dream Sorcerer too. Yeah. Um, but I think like when Phoebe was possessed and Prue's oh, like, "Yeah," it's like, "This isn't you, Phoebe. Fight it." And then I was like reversed. It's kind of fun. Mm. Yeah, and obviously the background it for the middle very part. Very pink. Where, yeah. yeah. Definitely very inspired by Dream Sorcerer. I can even yeah. see the couch almost looks like the, the chair, yeah. Yeah, it do- you're right, it does. And mm. then like the stairs look like the maybe the side of a building that you're gonna jump off of. <laughs> Are like fake fucking stairs. Fake fight fake fucking stairs. But Phoebe is levitating. <laughs> ah, she got it back. <laughs> Oh, she got she has all her powers back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now the the budget allows for it. Yeah. <laughs> so she's levitating. She's like she's like I am gonna kick you, Prue. <laughs> and then Prue's like, "Bitch, no, you're not." And she like glows and she grabs Phoebe's leg. It's like it's finally me. And then she blasts her through the wall. <laughs> oh, the same wall. Yeah. Yes. Oh, 
be like hyper beam over here. I love it. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like beautifully drawn as well. Yeah. Okay, so on the next page, oh, this is fighting words. Says, "I'll be back, kids. I still have to finish my story." And <laughs> so creepy. Oh yeah, and she's advancing on Phoebe in the kitchen with the athame, and she's like, "Pretty." Phoebe's like pleading to her, is like reminding her that she's pregnant, and Prue says, "Imagine coming back after all these years and seeing so many kids, screaming, crying, children running all over." And my sisters doing everything they can to keep them safe in a world made to destroy them. How selfish of you. And Phoebe's appealing to her with the old, I know you're in there somewhere fight. It's like, if I ever meant anything to you, Prue says, you meant everything to me. That is until you abandoned your family for a demon. And he's like, what? It's like, how did it feel to watch him die? To watch everything he ever was break before you? You mourned for him. You should. You still mourn for him. He was like, of course I did. I know you did too. He cared about you more than... She says, grief echoes through time, through space. While, while, while advancing on Phoebe and holding the athme to her throat. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we see Prue goes in for the kill. She says, why didn't you mourn for me? And then... As she's about to slit Phoebe's throat, Phoebe does a desperate action. She puts her hands to Prue's face, and she uses her empathy power and says, I did. And Prue is, like, taken aback. She falls to the ground going, ah, ah, which is all H's. Yeah, this is her psychic psychic reflection specifically. But yeah, yeah. Oh. that's what she used to cal kill Cal Green with, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then um, Chris and Wyatt are coming downstairs, and Chris says, "Wyatt, Wyatt, what are we gonna do?" And Wyatt says, "We have to do something." And Chris says, "Are you going to hurt Aunt Prue?" And Wyatt says, "That's not Aunt Prue." And then Paige, Piper, and Tyler orb in, and Paige says, "Shh," to the kids, <laughs> "Don't let her know we're here." Yeah. I do love that the kids are kind of like wanting to jump into action too. It's kind of a, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. it's neat. Oh, I love the art on the next page. Yeah, the next page is this is kind of like inside Prue's head, uh, the psychic reflection. And we see like the shacks in there. We see the moment she destroyed patients. We see uh, Cole dying. Nice Piper and Phoebe picture. So a lot going on. And then. She's like, get out of my head! <laughs> doing, a, doing a rogue thing here again, too. And she's like, you just tried to kill me! Ha! <laughs> and Phoebe's like, no. I knew you could handle it. I need you to remember who you are, Prue. I, she's like, oh, shut up! <laughs> and, she, and she, like, lunges towards Phoebe. And then Piper uh, says, Tyler, now! While Paige watches and Tyler holds his hands out. Like he's going to do something magical. And on the next page, he naturally s sets her on. F oh, sets fire. At he's oh, opening the fire portal. Oh, this so is he, he, a new, a new power. Yeah, I don't know about he's, he's no longer a fire starter. He's actually an Archai. We learned that he can actually make portals across all dimensions. Oh, I love <laughs> that kind of power. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he opens a power that sends Prue sends Prue through, and Piper yells, "Close it!" After Prue has gone through, and he does so, and um, Prue and oh no, Piper and Phoebe hug, and um, you know Phoebe is in shock that Prue tried to kill her, and Piper's just like, "Yeah, I know." And then we see as Piper is hugging Phoebe, Paige asks Tyler, "Where did you send her?" And Tyler says, she'll be safe. It'll just be very hard for her to come back. And then Paige says, good, that buys us some time. I know you're in shock. I am too. But we need to get the children somewhere safe before she comes back. Phoebe, you too. And then Piper's helping a crying Phoebe up and says, maybe we can take them to magic school. We can work on an enchantment to keep. And then Piper just breaks down crying. She just can't even say the next words that she knows she has to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can really see Holly in that panel to the, to the bottom right. Mm-hmm. She's done that pose, that cry oh, lots in the series. Mm-hmm. So the last page, Piper opens her eyes, and she says, "To keep them safe from Prue." Ah, and then she puts her hands back on. She's like, "No." <laughs> um, while uh, Paige and Phoebe and Tyler stand there with the hole in the wall, and then through the hole we see. The creepy effigy <laughs> and the cracked manor doors, and then we get a really big zoom in on the effigy. This will go like a really crazy face, horrifying. The end. All right, thoughts. <laughs> so overall, I really like this. The one page that really threw me, and now that we're through it, I've made my piece. But it's the page where. Um, Piper walks in on Peru attacking Victor because it's so like Piper's so flase da. She doesn't even <laughs> react to the fact that like Prue is holding her dad in midair, strangling him. She's like, Prue, this isn't like you. And then the part where it shows like the fire glinting in her eyes and she tells Victor everything's going to be okay. I thought it was hinting at like Piper's under her control or something. Oh. I don't know. It was just a really weird reaction just for her not to really react to this. I think she, there's probably a degree of shock there mm-hmm. because she's like, I, I don't know how to process this. I don't know what to do. She felt kind of frozen in a sense because she's like, this is my dad. This is my sister. What do I do here? <laughs> and so maybe that's what it is. Uh, and maybe if we if she delivered those lines, it would be more apparent. But on the page, it's kind of hard to read. Yeah, I think, and because she's kind of she is essentially used to this right now, so she would kind she would kind of go and like, okay, what needs to be done first? And then once kind of Prue is sent through the portal, that's when she really breaks, and that's kind of when it all hits right. her. Because how many times has one of them turned evil? It's it's they they kind of accept this as a possibility in their lives mm-hmm. now. So, like, like this will just be another evil thing. We're going to fight it. It'll be over with, you know. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I'm just trying to think, did Prue ever turn evil before? She didn't, did she? Bride and Gloom kind Bride of. Bride and Gloom. She for most of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, a little, I mean, Ms. Hellfire kind of, too, under Barbara's spell. Mm-hmm. Um, and all hell breaks loose, kind of. Well, very sort of, like, dark anti-hero there, yeah. It was always Phoebe who kind of turned evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and Piper had her moments with like the Windigo and the Fury, and but (laughs) Prue did become a very aggressive dog, you know. But when Leo's mentioned compared her to a Doberman, (laughs) 
Hey, Cujo, who you're growling at? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do want to ask you before I tell you about my thoughts about this. The word effigy in like real language has two meanings. Uh, it's simply just a name for a sculpture or a, a figure of someone, but it's also the name used to symbolize the representation of a hated person that is usually abused and defiled, you know, someone who is villainized in a community like Margaret Thatcher or Trump or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, but in this issue, it says that an effigy is a representation of your inner spirit. So what do you think the significance of it is here? Because they really make a point of highlighting it. Yeah, that's my other thought is I know it's going to have I'm thinking it has some greater meaning, like the fact that they pointed out that it represents your inner spirit and Tyler like, makes something so kind of pained. And then the fact that Prue stops and looks at it goes, hmm, I'm wondering yeah. if there is some sort of like magic that's gone from Tyler to this effigy that she's going to be able to like, use to her advantage later, or yeah. if maybe um, by Aramis being inside Tyler, he's going to be the key to like defeating Aramis. Right, because they both have been in Aramis's clutches. They both have seen his influence. So I don't know, maybe there's a connection. And like, you know, they say it absorbs your energy. So like, what kind of energy is this effigy absorbing? And it's supposed, it is Tyler's, but whose inner self is it taking on really? You know, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, it could be a manifestation of pain or it could be a symbol of healing and triumph from trauma maybe I there's so many ways to interpret it because fire destroys but it can also create yeah mm. mm-hmm. yeah for me like Prue is such a stalker this issue she's watching everybody she's flying around all over the place like literally not so crazy um, so it's like just take your meds girl like I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I do like this issue a lot, and I agree. Having Prue be a villain makes complete sense. Um, it it does work, but there's still a part of me in this issue that finds it hard to see her like this because it does break my heart. And I think Pat does a great job of making fans who have been invested feel what the other sisters must be feeling. I think that we're in that kind of same place where the sisters are discovering it. We hate this. It's it hurts a lot. How do we process? It? So, Bobby, what are you thinking? I know you told me about your thoughts about Prue being a villain. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's something I like to see. And I, I feel like, you know, I can, obviously, you know, in a filmmaker, I can kind of see the scenes, you know, if they were being acted and kind of like how Shannon would perform it. And I just like, that would be really, really fun because the brief times we saw Prue go dark in the show, it was, you know, it was interesting to see her play with that way. So it would have been would have been really fun and i i only just discovered the the fire portal power and i think that's well this is probably the (laughs) wrong word to use but i think that's very cool cool (laughs) yeah Yeah, i Um, mean i i want hope you go back and like read these comics um because there's so much good stuff seems like there's a a lot of good storylines going on there all right so now we're on to put that in my canonical hat so what stands out as incorrect lore or a strong callback to something from this series we talked about some of them already anybody have anything um yeah it's hard to say yeah (laughs) i've got a list (laughs) oh yeah you go for it (laughs) you go for it so there's no awkward silence (laughs) all right so Firstly, <laughs> I don't agree with the implications that cupids are neutral. 
because they yes. say we don't get involved. Like, Cupid's, they may not get involved in the good and evil fight. Yeah, I get that. But they certainly are not neutral beings. They are angelic beings, and they only instill love for humanity and the good communities. So in that sense, you're associated with good. I'm sorry to break it to you people. You can't call yourself neutral. <laughs> and Coop pretty much allowed Piper to have his ring so she could win the final battle. So Yeah. So that, right. that's not exactly a neutral move. <laughs> <laughs> Although maybe that's just him acting on his own accord. But still, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I don't know. But like remember, like the greater magical community, even demons themselves believe that evil can't love. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about why I believe that's not true. And I talked about why the reasons why they go against it. But I'm still inclined to think that most of the community, the charmed world, believes that. So they're not going to go ahead and be loving on evil people. <laughs> um, I suppose maybe they're thinking of the phrase, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah. But that being said, I do think Cupid's should be neutral. I think it would make sense because love should be neutral. Um, but I f- prefer if they're going to say that, that they should at least show a Cupid helping evil find love or something to give us that context. And we talked about this. Piper would never call Victor daddy. <laughs> that struck out to me right away. We have here too. Prue gets angry at Victor for not visiting. But in Paul's ebook, The War on Witches, Victor comes to stay with Prue at the Nexus for a week. Mm-hmm. And that's when they first kind of reconnect. So, hmm. <laughs> yeah, there is something I just uh, picked up on. Like, um, it was very strange to see Paige and Henry in bed because I realized, remembered, I think. In season five, uh, Rose kind of got very sick of like filming all these like scenes, like with the uh, guys that she literally just meet on the day to like do those scene, and then so she yeah. got sick of that and went to producer saying Paige isn't a hoe, so she was never shown actually having those kinds of scenes on screen. It was just like like with Kyle, like you just kind of saw them out of focus, or you know, so it was like felt it just felt very strange to see you know, Paige in that situation. Speaking of that Kyle scene, it was out of focus, but it was very sexy there was some riding there was some bobbing up and down in that out of focus shot so i'm like mm. yeah but obviously yeah like if rose didn't want to film that herself they could use a double yeah that's true but i was like oh i thought that was one of the sexiest moments um <laughs> uh, and then i have one more thing in canonical i know um given the wall that prue blasted phoebe through it's actually right between the dining room and the conservatory, so she would I not have landed yeah. in, in the kitchen. I unless, unless Phoebe like got up and ran to the kitchen, <laughs> like the time she's like, "Hey kids, I'll be right there," and then she—that's when Phoebe ran into the kitchen. I don't know. <laughs> um, so that is a little odd, but also considering what happened in All Hell Breaks Loose, how is Phoebe alive? Let alone her baby. I know she levitated instinctively, and that meant she didn't hit the ground. I mean, maybe we didn't see what happened once she went through the wall, so maybe she levitated to, like... Uh, levitated sideways into the kitchen. Yeah, she kind of, like, softened her fall. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, too, maybe maybe her baby, Peyton is the name, if you don't know this yet, but Peyton is her third baby's name. Maybe her, maybe her power is durability, and she can just oh. be like, oh, I can sustain this. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, just mm-hmm. something. What? Oh, no, sorry. I have one more thing in canonical I forgot to mention. <laughs> Pepper's car being red. <laughs> Pepper's car being red. Because she either had a green Jeep early on or the Navy Jeep. No red. Okay, now I'm done. Okay, tips for future white lighters. 
Oh, really just messengers? Guides? Think of us as guardian angels for good witches. Tips for Tips future, future wives. I was out being a force of good in the universe. What's the moral of the story? No matter what you do, Prue will be watching. <laughs> Every breath you take. <laughs> and it makes you wonder what, what you know she got up to with that astral projection power when the other two weren't looking. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> What really sticks out to me is mental health, um, taking mental health seriously for those around you, because I don't know that the sisters could have done much to know that Prue was going to go off the deep end like this, but there's definitely a message here that we could all use people checking in on us sometimes, just being like, you okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because, you know, a lot of the... You, it's very easy to kind of ignore a lot of signs, and it's only after the fact that you look back and go, oh, yep, that was a sign, I should have caught that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah mine is emotions are extremely important but don't let them consume you so far that you become unreasonable and mm -hmm. like sean pointed out i said seek professional help or diagnosis if necessary if you find something off just see if there is something in your brain that's imbalanced you know mm -hmm. and um possibly don't give prue peach tea <laughs> the dangers of peach tea. I hate peaches. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, though, these are very real feelings that Prue has had mm -hmm. and is having. Like these are all feelings that she repressed um, and never got to healthily explore. Like you know, the, these are something that I can totally see Prue having. Um, it's just this this Hermes influence that is making these feelings kind of reemerge. And now and that's she a feels... repeat. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. And that's a repeat theme throughout the show that um, you have to be like in touch with your emotions. Yeah. Like when Piper mm -hmm. represses her anger, you know, she's easy prey for the Furies. And, yes. Um, and Phoebe kind of repressing her her sadness is kind of allows the Banshee to kind of get a hold of her as well. Mm -hmm. See, it's these it's these emotions. You need to you need to process your emotions health in a healthy way, or they come back to bite you. <laughs> So Hermes influence, it's given her the freedom to explore them, finally embrace them. But now they're just like irrational and unjustified. They're like blind, raw feelings that create paranoia, resulting in false interpretations. She's totally creating this whole world that's not true. Like she's, it's complete psychosis, really, you know? <laughs> I don't understand why the elders haven't, you know, started training people to be therapists for this kind of situation. <laughs> See? There's enough places where you need a specialist by now. Exactly. Next is ooh, onomatopoeia. Uh, what's your favorite sound word? Remember when it was when what Phoebe dropped the glass and it wasn't smash, it was what was Sk it? It was squish or something. <laughs> Sk Sk yeah, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Or else, you know, the knock without the C. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. I'm going to go with the very first page. I don't know why this is funny to me, but when the, the car is honking outside and it's like, honk, honk. <laughs> it's <like the> long <laughs> yeah, that's funny, too. I did scrack. And that's when she kind of like destroyed the manor oh, phone. phone. Yeah. yeah. All right, so now we're at most valuable panel. What's the most valuable? Your favoritist or most telling? 
Um, mine's probably obvious. Actually, it's a toss-up between um, Prue sending Phoebe through the wall or else um, the one that looked like a kind of a nod to Dream Sorcerer. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, mine would be the one where Prue's getting attacked by Phoebe because we see like everything she's gone through behind her. The reason I like that so much is we're seeing Kevin talked about earlier, but Aramis is really reveling in like the pain that Prue's gone through. And he seems like he's reveling in the pain that he can inflict on her loved ones by surprising them. So I just love seeing the visual visualization of the pain that he's using against everybody. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Uh, I put Tyler closing the portal. It seems like kind of mundane, but for me, like I thought about things because it t- it contained the crazy for a moment, and I was getting a little overwhelmed with the crazy. Um, but it also made me wonder, like, what is Tyler feeling like right now? Because Hermes was in him for some time, torturing him, and Prue actually saved him. He is free now because of her. So this is Prue once again taking responsibility and being the one to sacrifice, as she always does. Um, she is tragic as hell, and that's part of why I love her. <laughs> um, so I imagine Tyler is scared of this, but could also empathize with her in a way because they both were corrupted by the old one's influence in some degree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Next is sexiest drawing. Mine is uh, Henry and Paige in bed because they are both hot as fuck. I could easily switch out with either of them and <laughs> get it on. Or, you know, all three of us. I'll just slip into bed with them. Why not? That's hot. <laughs> and if it makes you feel better, Ivan Sergei did a film called The Opposite of Sex, where he played a, well, he he thinks he's gay at start, but then Christina Ricci helps convince him that he's bi. So nice. there's a lot of uh, part Ooh, of need to watch that. that film. It is actually yeah. a, like a, a great film, you know, um, very 90s, but, you know, oh, yeah. Lisa Kudrow's in there as well. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Oh, oh sorry, Kevin, you, 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 you have the floor. <laughs> Sure. Um, yeah, my sexiest drawing is the same one. Paige and Henry cuddling naked. It was super sexy, yes. Um, but I think it's also like only one of two panels that I can remember where like in the whole issue that felt good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because there's a lot of like very traumatic, very stressful, very like I don't know, scary undertones in a lot of these scenes. So um, this one, it felt nice because they're oblivious in their happiness, in their love, in their safety. And it was so refreshing after all this time of them having their marital problems um, to kind of come together and find each other again in an issue that's otherwise like so heavy. So that's why I liked it, too. Um, the other panel I liked was Prue and Hug- Victor hugging, but that didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I may as well, you know, complete the... Um... Apologies for using this word. Complete the threesome by taking <laughs> that Paige and Henry panel in bed. And I just realized it seems to be a recurring thing for Paige that she's whatever she decides to have, you know, relations is when, you know, her sisters need her or so, as it was like in Crisscrossed and in Witchness Protection and Witches in Tights. She's always in the middle of it when a demon's attacking. What is this, a brothel? <laughs> 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 cool um yeah so next we're at issue ranking so would you rank this magically delicious pretty witchin a sorcerer's apprentice disenchanting or vanquishable 
I'll start off. I'll say Pretty Witching. You know, I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say Pretty Witching. I love seeing the way Prue is like, we're developing so much of the pain that she's gone through and like hearing her thoughts on all the ways she's been kind of slighted over time. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Pretty Witching, but it's a strong Pretty Witching. Like, it's like right on the edge of getting to Magically Delicious. It's um, a B plus. Yeah, B plus, exactly. Um, because there's a lot going on, a lot of things to break down and uncover and interpret, and uh, it's it's getting crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right, so next is PS4 poll. Prue! Piper. You mean it's, it's just you and Prue, huh? Phoebe? Phoebe, you there? And a big hello to you too, Penny. Come on, Penny. The rest is up to them. Paige. My name is Paige. Hmm. Another P, imagine that. P is for Paul. Do you like the idea of Prue being a big bad? <laughs> um, and there's three options you can choose from. It's yes, it's logical and dramatic. B, I'm indifferent. Or C, no, they ruined the character. <laughs> I think you can guess which, which side I fall on. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'll say one. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd say yes. It's logical for the character. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yes, like you know, it makes it's it's cool. It's drama. It's thrilling. And like, if anyone's gonna be the last battle, the last like big villain, yeah, to make it a sister, that's super exciting. Yeah. Um, and then it, they could have done done more of that in season four. They didn't last long in season four with BB in the Underworld. Yeah, supposedly that was like they they were so unsure of cancellation or not, so they weren't sure if they had to wrap it up quickly or not. Yeah. And then I think the network were actually genuinely sad about that, so that's so they gave them an automatic two season renewal. So in season five, they knew they would be getting season six. So that's kind of why they got a cliffhanger there. Mm-hmm. So I have another question. I was saving it just in case it was your question, but it's not your question. So now I'm going to ask my question. Um, where do you think Tyler sent Prue? <laughs> you know, people think that she sent her inside the effigy. Oh. Um, I have seen that. I don't know if that's true because I did read the next issue as well. <laughs> um, and I don't know if it's ever really made clear. Okay. Yeah, because the first thing that comes to mind, because you said it would be hard for her to come back from, is that he sent her to the dead husk of Aramis, because he already is familiar with it, and it would take her a while to get back, but I don't know. Yeah, I probably don't have enough context to, to make an accurate guess. My first thought was the astral plane. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny, because Aramis actually was... You know the wasteland? The demonic wasteland? Yeah. Apparently, that wasteland is actually on the body of the old one, Hermes. So it's like this giant Ooh. body. And the oh, wait, does that mean the snake is his... Uh... His penis? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Kevin, I was going to say his tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say his tongue because you know, it laps up all the powers. Right. Just <laughs> <laughs> wow. Kevin, wow. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but but yeah. So there's, there's that, but we know that we can also think that the wasteland is on the astral plane because uh, that's where Phoebe had to astral project to get there. You know, so mm-hmm. it's all one. So we did it, everybody. Sean, tell us what's next. Oh my glob, Kevin! I'm glad you asked because 
this artwork to me is a little different for David Seidman, and I love it. I love this artwork. It's got like a marbly effect, and we see like a shadowy figure with glasses, which I'm guessing that's Knox. That looks like Knox. Mm. And within his like shadowy form, we see Phoebe, and then down below we see Prue looking all. She looks like um, from the movie uh, I Spit on Your Grave. She looks yeah. all like oh, yeah from the, the original. Off and angry. Yeah, the original. <laughs> oh, fun fact, the lady on that poster is actually a pre-fame Demi Moore. Wow. Oh. Yeah, she, wow. Was, um, she was a model first, and uh, they dis- the distributor decided that Camille Keaton wasn't curvy enough for the poster, so they <laughs> were kind of missing the point of the film there, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> so... It's called Tribunal and Tribulations, and it says, while the Charmed Ones are scrambling to figure out an answer to their new problem, Prue has a dramatic meeting with the Tribunal regarding an incident with Tyler. The thing masquerading as Knox makes his intentions regarding the advent of the Old Ones clear, leaving an old ally of the Charmed Ones wondering what he can do to help them in the 11th hour. I think it's Daryl. I think we're going to see Daryl. It's Daryl. Daryl. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be so good. I'm going to cry. All right. It would make a nice reversal from, you know, obviously he had, he was the subject of the tribunal in season six. So flipping yeah. that around. Right. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Um, and I already have an idea of what happens. Kevin told me something a long time ago, a long time ago. But I remember. I remember. Yeah, way, back, way back before we decided if you were going to be in the comics or not. So, yeah, yeah, I can't remember the damn poll from last week, but I remember what you told me two years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's fine. I can remember what I was having for dinner at my third birthday party. But if you send me into a room to get something, it's like, whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> see, mm-hmm. too funny. All right. Well, tell people where they can find you. Plug your YouTube. <laughs> oh, me. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're a Charmed fan and you want to see me, just um, I do positive content. You know, I mostly dissect like the the great episodes and what makes them great. And I have a few character focused videos. So you can find me at Better With Bob on YouTube. Um, and, you know, if you want to see that on all other socials, I'm at Bobby Iceman. So same on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. So um. Is there anything else I'm on, Kevin? You seem to know better than I do. <laughs> I don't know. You're I my you you're my it. publicist now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beautiful. And actually, you can you can hear a shout out in one of your videos to this podcast. So that's oh great. yeah, actually yeah. Um, in the last video I released, um, I gave you a shout out. Well, no, in the comments I did because uh, you tipped me off to the original definition of grimoire. So yeah. Someone was like, oh, yeah. thank you for defining that. I was like, oh, that's all down to Kevin there. But yeah. Um, uh, oh, yeah. It was the and the Miss Hellfire, Hellfire episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because obviously everyone knows Kevin did a fantastic cosplay of Miss Hellfire. So and everyone in the comments loved it as well. <laughs> Yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, Sean. Um, you can find me sporadically on Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. We're kind of on and off again because of the SAG after strike. Or you can find me my me book. You can find my book on Amazon, um, oh. <laughs> which is through a dream of waking, all about witches, vampires, and werewolves. 
or you can find my magical journeys where we can hook you up with your vacation. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Uh, yeah, you can listen to Sean and I uh, on Solving for X still uh, with the X-Men animated series. We're almost done with it, but we stopped for the strike. So um, <laughs> catch up if you haven't. Uh, we're like two episodes away from finishing season four. It's fine. We'll get back to that eventually. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you can follow this podcast at Words of the Witches, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, or Words of Witches on Twitter. And yeah, we'll see you next week for the continuation of this. So see you later, Spellwitters. Your destiny still awaits.